Welcome back to another episode of the spookiest podcast around. So scary, you gotta whisper. That's right. Mostly ghostly, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Good to be uh, with y'all. Ray, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Better to see you. You know what I mean? We have a guest. We got a guest with us this evening, which is always a pleasure. Some people would say she's like the third member of the mostly ghostly squad. You know, that could be only one person. Cynthia Whitney, how you doing out there? Hello, spooky night. Very spooky I like night. It. Very like excited that. to be here. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure. You know what I mean. Always a pleasure. Always very grateful. Well, we uh, likewise. We're very grateful for you. You know, being here. I gotta get the number. I gotta look up the actual number one of these days of how many episodes you got in the bank with us. Very nice. Very I don't nice. know. Get on double hands though. Well, Two hands. Maybe, maybe uh, even if you have a whole bunch, maybe none of it matters because maybe nothing matters. There is non-existence amongst us. You know what I mean? I know, right? I was never, never happened. Never happened. You know, it's kind of, some people would say to think that you, know, you mattered in any way would be ego of the hum- of human. Some people would think that and it's like, why, you know, which that's always a very interesting discussion. Um, but today's theme comes from my boy Ray over here. I know he was very, he was very, this was something he liked. He, he brought to the attention of the courts and uh, we put it in play. You know what I mean? And whenever Ray has an idea, I know it's going to be bomb diggity. So here we are. <laughs> well, actually what I was thinking about is the fact that we really don't exist as existence is not what we see. It's not, it's not there. It's, it's fake. What I'll say is that put your two hands together and press them. You see two hands. Yeah. You feel the pressure. What if I told you that you're not actually making contact with yourself when you're pressing together? You go on a you go on a subatomic particle level. You go way down. You start going up the particles, electrons, and everything. They are energy. They're not solid. So, number one, it's not solid. There's a lot of space in there. They do give off an energy field, and a lot like magnets, where two of the same pole will repel each other. Mm. When you put your hands together, you're not feeling your... Each hand is not feeling the other. You're feeling the repulsion that those atomic particles have, and they're pushing against each other. That's what your mind is interpreting as feeling, impression. It's not real. You know, Cindy, what do you feel? How do you feel about that right there? I, I, I automatically think of my favorite movie of all time, The Never Ending Story. And, you know, it is the nothing. And then, but for me, as soon as the nothing is nothing, it becomes something. Yeah. Um, but I almost am like feeling what Ray's saying where like this little kid's reading this story and it's so real, but it's really not real. It's his, uh, it's his imagination. Um, and I believe very much in quantum physics and I, I believe very much in antimatter. 
And so if there's going to be something, um, then I believe that there's nothing. And, and I, you know, years ago, I, I did an energy seminar at a place um, in Nashua, New Hampshire called the Lavender Moon. It's a fun little, um, you know, quirky occult place that wasn't like now everything occult is like super cool. Um, but back when I started, uh, you know, diving into it, you know, you had to like go to the garage in Harvard Square, like down dungeons, like in the back next to the sex toys, you know, is where you kept the occult stuff. <laughs> so, you um, throw eggs at people, yeah. Yeah, but the first thing they taught me was, you know, how to manipulate energy and deep breathing techniques. And, and you take the hands and you start creating friction and it does feel like magnets that are pushing against each other when you start harnessing uh, that energy. So um, it's not there. He, Ray, I, I totally get what Ray's saying. I'm, I'm on the same page as him. So like when you say non-existent, it's like, are we talking about like, uh, like matrixy type stuff? Or are we talking about everybody's asleep and just like, like the movie coma type deal or what, what, what? Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is reality for us is a series of concepts, mm. not absolutes. But we we see it as an absolute. We see something and the mind determines what it is. Has a, It has a purpose. It's this. It's that. But o- only as the mind sees it. And they develop all these concepts to relate one thing to another. And what they're ignoring, they're making little compartments, they're separating things, the mind is identifying things and it's putting names and functions on them. And the easiest, the biggest one as far as concept goes, I mean, uh, everybody's familiar with is a car. car. A car as an entity doesn't exist as a separate thing. It's only a concept. If you apply reductionism, if you have a wheel, the function of a wheel is to turn. Well, and the function of the, the headlight is is to light, etc. And I'm not going to get deep into reductionism, but basically, okay, every one thing has a function. If you put that wheel over there with all those interrelating parts and say that's a car and it becomes a separate reality, the wheel loses its wheelness. It doesn't do what a wheel it does anymore. Mm. It's no longer a wheel. It's a car. It wouldn't work. So instead of saying, oh, I'm going to go get the wheel, engine, ignition, taillight, headlight, seat, seat, and run the list of everything in it, <laughs> we say, oh, what am I going to call this thing that moves me around? A car. I'll call it a car. We tend to create a world of concepts based on how we see things with our eyes interrelating, how the interactions are and how we relate to people and but it really doesn't exist that way. It would exist outside of our concepts, separate from it. A conjuring type deal? A human mind conjuring? A little bit? Uh, a, a, little, a little bit of that. Um, it's the mind and not the spirit or the person behind the mind that's creating these concepts. So it can deal with the day-to-day, whether it's passage of time, whether it's um, writing something down, making coffee, you need these concepts to deal with all of these individual things. But they're all small parts of a greater whole that we totally ignore. Mm. And sometimes Uh, on purpose. Yes. I mean, the CIA 
was it the analysis and assessment of the gateway process kept that hidden for us among other things like assassinations of presidents. But besides oh. that, you know, it, it, you know, they had to release it in 2016 where it is admittedly saying that if you can think it, it can be okay. simply. I know that I think Stanley Kubrick quoted, if you can dream it, you can make it happen. I don't know. In filmmaking, for sure. (laughs) You know, know, the poetic, you know, I'm more of like a, I like the poetic non-existency of like how you're only here for so little time that it don't even matter. I, that non-existency, like I, I support that. I, I vibe with that. You know, the, a blink of an eye. You know, it's a lifetime for us, but kind of a blink of an eye in the big scheme of things. I can see like that non-existency thing. But it, it's it's the same thing. This what happens is that okay, um, as Cynthia was saying, you have energy, and you can manipulate energy. My question is. Where does that energy come from? What is it? If you are solely the physical body and the mind, mm. if you are solely these concepts and living in this this false world that you've built that's made you nice and comfortable, if that's what you were, then you wouldn't be able to manipulate energy. You've got to be something more than that. And that's where duality comes in. What are you? Are you spirit or are you human? Well, next sure- week. Yeah, which is which is real? Both. No. <laughs> well, the body, of course, is real. It's physical. It's right there, and the spiritual is not really real, but it is. You know what I mean? Um, and it's definitely that's our unique that's our unique deal, I guess, as humans, humanzies. You know what I mean? But the body perishes. It comes in and it goes away. Yeah. If the spirit is there, would you say the spirit is there before the body? Yes. Yeah. Well, that would be reincarnated. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. Right. I guess that would, you know, when does, when does the, does the, do you get your soul that's, at heartbeat? That's, that, that's gonna, the weird. We're getting controversial here. Well, that's one of the weirdest <laughs> things with the uh, questionable things I have is like, yeah, all these souls, is it just recycled souls or are these new souls every time somebody's born? That's, that's, you know, what do you think? Well, if you take um, recently within the last year to year and a half, scientists come out with saying that consciousness, which they say is separate from the mind, continues on into the universe. Yeah. Some people would call that the soul. Yeah, I agree. They call it some people, but they call it consciousness. Yeah. Now, if it continues in the universe, then it had to exist prior, somewhere prior to the body that it inhabited for a while. Yeah. Left and went to the universe. I mean, they That's have what, a weight on it. Like it. It weighs like 0.33 grams. They've yeah. had actually, the Hindis tie the toes so that when you pass, your soul comes out of, they say that's why the top of our skull is soft, um, that our soul would enter in and out of the top of our head. In and out, or just I would. Well, I guess yeah, I would enter in and then leave. And when the when you depart, I was going to say your soul don't go jumping around while like throughout an existence. You just get that one in, one out. You know what I mean? 
Well, the top of the head is, uh, shows up in different cultures, um, like a Native American. If you are, have trauma or injury to the top of the head, quite often they watch you carefully because your soul, uh, the wound in the soul, which is inside you when you are young, doesn't completely close. Yeah. And they believe, they believe that's what produces a lot of, for instance, shamans and such come from people that have been injured when they were young. It would give more like credibility to a halo because a halo is almost like a, you know, it's like the same exact, like almost protects it in a way. You know what I mean? But you can travel through the soul can go through like a Mario loop, getting the ding, ding, ding rings. The Mario can go through the <laughs> halo and go into the head. You know what I mean? But my, my question is like, yeah. when you were talking about souls and we talk about consciousness. Is it multiple? Or is it just one consciousness and we're an aspect or part of it? I'm, I'm ratcheting it up here. I'm bringing it to a different level. So are we actually, in fact, when pe if people use the word souls, are we all one soul? And this, this life is just different parts of us dabbling a little bit in this, this world and then moving back home into where we came from. We are that one soul, that one consciousness. And if if people realized it, it would be peace on earth because nobody would want to fight with themselves. Could that be the true answer to peace, Ray? Um, some people call it interbeing. Other people call it oneness. The fact is that if we all come from one, then we are still connected to and return to. We're all the same. I think the oneness is the energy. And, and like... I don't know how the, the, the energy is one big ball of light, and I almost would assume from that energy that's where a soul would come from. Now, the true question, I'm very interested on in the reality of when a, when a baby is born, if that's a, a brand-new soul for that personality, or is that a, like, all you know, I, you laugh at the recycled thing, but, like, like a reincarnated, I guess you could say, yeah. it goes back into a human instead of, like, uh, you know, an animal or something else, depending on how it lived as previous. You know, I know me and Ray talk about reincarnation a lot on the show. Um, I think you see pictures of people. For me, I see proof of reincarnation in the fact that you see, you know, we we have access to... You know, when was photography? Was it like 200 years, 300 years? You know, so, yeah. so now there's a record of what people look like and a record of different generations. And you see identical people popping up, um, doppelgangers that are absolute, you know, hundreds of years difference, but they look exactly the same. And then you have people who, you know, uh, fall and bump their head one day and all of a sudden can play Beethoven on the piano. And so for me, th that's evidence that, um, you know, that, 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 that soul, um, yeah. acquired, uh, that knowledge the last time that they were here. But in regards to like God and, and, and if, you know, every day, uh, you know, I, I, I look forward to reading, you know, whatever Ray's sending over it, about oneness, yeah. um, because I think it's a lesson that, you know, everyone really needs to learn. So for me, God is a vibration that exploded and, um, and somehow in those vibrations, these souls are created and it, they're broken up into the, like the most infinite number there could possibly be. Because I think at the end of the day, there are more souls that don't get to be born that than there are like, it's like, like a tiny, tiny spectrum of souls. Yeah. Um, and, and 
just more evidence of how precious life really is. To go back to the, the, the other, the, those two, the two, like the lookalike thing, though, I was never sold on the lookalike. You know what I mean? The doppelganger type deal when you see the pictures, just because it's like, you know, you got to, there's only certain things, so many different looks that the human face can go through. You're eventually going to come into the same look after a while. You know what I mean? So that, that's that. And then the other one was, um, what was it? Uh, like I, when you bunk your head and you, oh, you the have, bump like, of your head, memory. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, you should never listen to anybody that just bumps the head really bad when they start telling <laughs> you crazy stuff. But I would leaning into that though. I would be, you know, how the how we only use a small percentage of our brain. I'm more apt to think that it's a deal where you when somebody bumps their head and. I think they like almost uh, open up something they don't use before and they almost get that like superpower type deal. But I could be wrong. I could be a wrong guy. I've been wrong before, don't you know? You know what I mean? Um, well, know. what when you, well, Cynthia, when you mentioned the spark, that's very, um, that's very Gnostic. The, the early Gnostics believed that uh, there was one divine spark that burst. And we all have an, a, a smaller spark within us from that one divine one. They also believe that the gods that we worship are all false gods that we've created. And we have to look beyond that to get to the original source. So it's it's very much as far as that energy or that spark tied together. It's shattered and it's throughout the universe is that divine spark and everything. Yeah. And over time, it all starts to collect back and go together. Now, if you want to talk about the ultimate reincarnation, for a long while, the top thing in uh, when they're talking about the universe was the Big Bang. But this, there's a debate going on in science now and some pretty good arguments that that wasn't the beginning. The Big Bang was the death of another universe and this one being reborn and this one being born. So it's a continual cycle. Not only are we born and die on the planet, not only do solar systems and suns burn out and then galaxies collide and destroy each other, eventually the solar, the entire universe will collapse. Boom. There'll be a whole, the whole process will start over again. The ultimate reincarnation is the reincarnation of everything. Reset, you know. On, so it goes from planet, different planets, you say? Uh, well, it's what in that situation. What, what they what they're saying in it, in that situation is eventually everything's going to collapse into nothing, become the the much like the original anomaly that existed. Yeah. Will be yeah. the entire universe is going to collapse down to something the size of a subatomic particle, and then it's going to burst, burst forth again, creating a new universe. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so the re- even the universe reincarnates. Yeah, it's interesting. Re- me and Ray, uh, I don't think we've ever really fully seen eye to eye on reincarnation, and that's a good thing. I mean, you know, for for the show purposes, of course. In personal life, it's hurting us. <laughs> well, I, I, I remember when doing uh, I remember when doing hypnotherapy um, yeah. and past life regressions. 
working with several people, one of which um, they did a past life. And they were, oh, I don't know, they were from several towns over. And they got saw a lot of information from the 18, I gave, they were, when in a trance, able to bring up a lot of information from the 1800s. And they went looking for that person name when they lived and what they were. They'd never really thought about it before that. They were able to find somebody with the name. They had the death where they were buried. They found a whole life that they were able to recall one under the trance hmm. from someone that lived, you know, 150 years ago. So is there is there at least a connection? If it's not a reincarnation of the same soul, is there at least a connection between souls? Are we part of that greater one that this person could pick up that knowledge? Or maybe they actually did live that life. Well, Ray, what did you think about the, the deal with the recycled souls? Like when a baby is born, do you feel that's a, a fresh soul? Or do you think it's a recycle, like a, a soul from someone that lived a good life before? Or is I it think half as far and as... Half, if half and half with the crossover, like could it be both? Like what's your opinion? I think that uh, could it be fresh? Yes. I also think there are souls that are aspects of the divine, of the oneness that decide to come back purposely. Uh, to reincarnate, to do something in this world, in this existence, to help it. I believe that, that that's a choice. So some are new, some are recycled, and some may be sent back to try and uh, grow up a little and <laughs> get it right this time. What would happen to a situation with soul when souls that were supposed to be coming into a world and then, like, right the day that the world ends, those souls are hanging limbo or something? Well, that's only from a viewpoint that we have in the world that we've created for ourselves. Yeah. Because we also know there are multiple dimensions out there. Science talks about all these dimensions, possible parallel universes. We can be jumping back and forth between them. And we can be a part of all of them at the same time. It would have to be some type, that, that would be the God figure or some type of higher power that would usher those unborn souls to wherever that next place is. Well, while, 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 that's, ha while that's happening, uh, everything took, takes a shift to another dimension or another world, another universe. It's just kind of like, oops, that house burnt down. We're going in this one. I think sometimes they stay here too. You know, is it, it, I, I look at us and, and we're like these divine figures, but we're on a planet and we're in a world that has all these creatures from like this one singular cell creature to a blue whale out in the ocean um and so for me um i think there's a little bit of karma for you as well with your soul um meaning you know um how what do you come back and maybe coming back as a human is not the greatest thing um that you could come back as and maybe you have you know in, in your actions towards others while you were here as a human um makes you go on to when you come back your energy be poured into an animal or um maybe a bug uh, because you know you just have you know short short but all of that all yeah. comes down to energy going into whatever vessel it's going into like i said it could be um a an amoeba in the ocean you know and then it could be something as complex as a human being. Um, but I do think that your karma uh, that your soul creates while you're here uh, does determine where you, it goes the next time it comes, uh, it comes around this dimension. 
Do yeah. you have any choice in it? Well, I think I think uh, one thing I'm, I I learn every day is um, there's good and there's bad. And every time you choose good or bad, um, that your body knows, your soul knows. Like when you lie, your body knows you lied. Your soul knows you lied. Particularly yeah. if it's uh, your your mind knows you lied. You know, and and that's something that people. I think we, we don't take it seriously as we should, you know, your subconscious knows you did something bad. Um, and that in turn goes back to, you know, the Akashic records and, you know, there's a record kept of everything. Any, and it says everyone, uh, a record kept of everything that everyone says and does. And I believe, um, you know, different religions all kind of point in the same direction um, in regards to um, you do have to make the right decisions um, and I, and I, but I don't, I don't, it's all about perception because, um, maybe for somebody coming back as a, as a stink bug <laughs> would be like their dream come true. For me, a personal hell would be probably coming back as a creature that I, I wouldn't want, uh, to be. Um, but then, you know, Native Americans and South, South Pacific, you know, uh, you know, people, um, they believe, you know, that they do, it's an honor to come back as an animal, you know, a certain, what, what type a certain of type of animal, but it's all energy. Yeah. What type of creature would you not want to be? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be like, um, like, what? like a, like a, a, a bad bug or like, you know, who wants to be like a, life a worm. Life. It's a bug life. It could be a good life. Yeah, it's a quick life. You just said it yourself about that whole thing with the human. It's like, who's to say that human life is a good life? You know what I mean? Right. This could be the rough one. It's kind of true when you think about it. I mean, take on like the everyday stress of, you know, just life, paying bills, going to work, doing the damn, all the responsibilities. That don't sound too great when you could just be flying around like a bird all day. You know what I mean? Right. Now, it's interesting that as humans, humans are automatically say the higher life form is human. Yeah. They think ego, ego, right? That's my ego. <laughs> you know? you but we're it. not, we're nothing. <laughs> Non-existence. Ego drives the mind. The mind is just a function of the body. Um, it's how the brain operates to survive. Like we said, it develops concepts and everything to try and help the body go along. But what drives that is survival. Survival is ego. And if you're ever sitting down, you ever, you ever do something, then afterwards, you're kind of viewing what you did, talking in your head, and it's almost like you're listening to yourself you're, because you're observing how you're analyzing a situation. I don't know if you've ever done that. Well, value, but, say that again? Let, let's say you, you did something, you may have behaved in a, in a way you weren't too happy with, yeah. and you sit back and you start evaluating it, and, and it's almost like you're stepping back and watching yourself evaluate. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have the conversation again. With myself. <laughs> I, uh, Replay it over again. I try to. My I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I try to look at everything from an out, like an outsider's opinion as well, you know what I mean? But, now, my question, my question is, who's the outsider? Because now you're stepped back from the ego oh, and the mind. And someone is analyzing. That was heavy, right? There's nobody there. It's a trick question. Nobody there. Right? Uh, but there, <laughs> yeah. there is. There's an, there's an observer to everything you do. You may call it soul. You may call it energy. But there is an observer. They're watching you all of the time. I like that. Who is the observer? It would have to be the God, the God figure. 
It would have to be you. the God figure. You are the observer. But Ray, are you the you God are. figure as well? Is that how it goes? You, yes. You are the observer. Because, well, the observer starts to w- awaken to the fact that it's consciousness. And consciousness basically is divine consciousness. It is what all of creation is. It may manifest in physical ways, but that's what it is. When Once you start to become the observer and ask that question, you wake up. It's kind of, it's as if you were standing and, uh, no, I'm not going back to that, that Greek philosopher. That one doesn't work too well. Um, let's, let's say you're, you're standing and you're looking at something in front of you that upsets you. Mm-hmm. Once you become the observer, you step back and you go, oh, that's over there. Then you like turn around and, and you see a beautiful scene and the sun is there and you start to realize I'm this. I'm not that little thing I was, my mind was mulling over. I'm not that thing that uh, my ego made me do, et cetera. You step back from all of that and you start to connect on a higher level with your consciousness. You start to become aware that this world in front of you, that's all around you, is that fake world. Yeah. I mean, if you take an individual person, like, okay, I'm, I go about five, seven. Mm-hmm medium build and stuff so humanity and i take a look around now from where i am out back i can see the river the trees a rabbit ran by a little while ago the trees and you start going farther and then you know i've got a fairly powerful telescope out here i can i can see all the way to the andromeda galaxy for it it's uh i've had that for years it's beautiful to see the disc shape and then you start thinking well wait a minute i am not the center of the universe i am a part of it I'm not that moment that my mind is wrapped up in or that ego that's throwing my emotions around. I am part of this larger universe, this oneness, this energy, this divine consciousness. That is what you are. And that is when you become aware of what you are, that developing that awareness starts to come out. And then while you are walking in this on this earth path, you hopefully take a look at it a little differently and walk a little differently. Because when you, you realize that you are part of that oneness and you start to develop that awareness, then that person you're talking to or you're looking at, you realize so are they. Everybody, that tree out there, the rabbit that ran by, everything is part of that oneness and holds that same beauty. So that when you're talking with someone, suddenly it is not a case of being able to, to shout, yell, or harm, because it's like harming yourself because... They're part of it. You're part of it. It's all one. And it's developing that awareness, that stepping back, becoming the observer, and then awakening to everything you are outside of the ego mind. And then you see that this world, as we interpret it, with our concepts and our values and our judgments, all of that doesn't exist. It's not, rea- it's not reality. Reality is, is the oneness beyond it. In line between confidence and ego, what do you think, Ray? Confidence and ego. Uh, that one's a little tricky. It's mostly ghostly. That's Conf- what we're all about here, mostly ghostly. Conf- confidence to me is, yeah, if you know, like, uh, okay, I've got journey during my life several times, and I also have one now. I've engaged in archery. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm confident that if I went to a range, I could at least hit the target most of the time. Yeah. I'm pretty confident of that. Uh, it's been a while, so maybe not every time and definitely not all bullseyes, but I could probably, if I went to, went to, they've got one around here I've been to before, I could hit the target at least. Yeah, I feel confident. Eagle would say, I'm going to go and I'm going to go Robin Hood a few shoot, shoot this arrow right down the other arrow's throat and I'm going to, and I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. As soon as you start saying I'm that thing, your ego. Yeah. And that, to me, that's the difference. No, I agree with that. You agree, Cindy Lou? Yeah, I, de- I definitely do. I think that um, just in regards to um, confidence um, is you got to know yourself. And I think that's something that um, – uh, is great advice that's, um, you know, they, they, it's, it's inscribed on Apollo's tomb, um, an ancient stone, um, to know yourself. And when you know yourself, you know what you're capable of. And when you know, um, and understand your capabilities, um, that is your confidence. Um, cause I think, um, it's, it's, it's important to know your weaknesses just as well. Um, and then in, as far as your ego goes, um, you know, it, you, everything is yin and yang. You, you have to have the light mingling with the dark, um, to create it, to create, um, existence for me anyway. Um, so, so for confident, uh, for ego, um, I think, you know, Ray hits it on the head when it, when everything is about you. Um, and when every word out of your mouth has to be about you, um, it's, it's the ego, uh, you know, maybe the, the, the balance, um, the yin and the yang balance is, is a little bit heavier on that, on that end. Um, and it's, it's a bit superficial and not real. I agree with both. So. Oh yeah. Death to the ego. Be kind. But the ego is necessary. Can't forget. A little bit. But what, what happens well, when the necessary to get you in trouble? That's what they say. Be careful. What what happens when you empty when you quiet the mind and empty the ego out? Once you abandon it, get rid of your ego and quiet the mind, what do you have left? Empty ego bag. That drives the out. id. <laughs> yeah. Uh but it is that isn't uh it's been a long while. That's a super ego, isn't it? It's a super ego, right. Uh Nope, that's a ban- all ego. The, the id, the super ego, and the and the ego. If I remember psychology class, <laughs> it's a long time I've ago. A few of those in my day. But <laughs> what does happen when you release it all? When you reach that point of what people call empty, what do you have left? You're full. <laughs> you are. You are full. But you're full with what your your essence is. You're full with that divine consciousness. You're full with the oneness at that point because you've gotten rid of the fake world, the fake mind, the concepts, the, all these things you throw up, and you've gotten rid of the ego. And when all that's gone, the only thing that's left is you and that divine essence living in you. Uh, and you can see it in everything. That's the awareness. Yeah. So with this non-existence, what's the purpose of life? Just to to keep your soul uh, good, 
that's kind of what it boils down to almost a little bit. Like there's really no other reason for reason for the season. Why you're here, why anybody's here. You know what I mean? I think that some say the divine uh, bursts into many fragments of soul so that it can experience feelings, different feelings. Um, it's, that's that's what I believe um, the purpose of life is for the entity in which we are part of um, to be able to experience emotions um, and, and experiences such as sunsets and um, heartbreak um, and love just as much as it exceeds to experience hatred and murder and evil and yeah, bad. All the, all the good and all the bad, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was when you started saying that, you had me right from the beginning. I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she got it. I've alerted. <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. My question is, are we attributing to something Okay, while well, in the body and going from a mind perspective, hmm. from the mind, are we attributing to something beyond the mind, human and mindful conditions? People like to experience things. People love, hate and people love. Are we saying the divine has to be like this? The oneness has to um, behave as people do? Or should we learn to give up our mind and our ego and behave instead and reintegrate and become, which we already are, the oneness fully aware. We're putting our labels on something. Uh, to me, historically, what has happened a lot, and um, if you say um, we've done this to, to divine a lot, mm. Um, you go back in certain primitive cultures and you first had kings coming, kings with the great things and they controlled life. They did everything and people would be worshiping a God and stuff like that. And what, what, what's the way to say your God is greater than anything? Well, your God is king of kings. Right. We start putting human labels on it in our, in our attempt to justify it or explain this uh, temporary physical existence. Whereas I think what we probably should do is drop those labels and maybe move back to just experiencing our essence, who we are directly outside of the mind, outside of the experience, because we are still part of that oneness. We are still part of that divine consciousness to let that come out with no judgment, just simply be, mm. be that. And that's it. It's, it's like, um, you know, in a Bible, when Moses goes up and he sees the burning bush and God says, I am that I am. There's a variation on that. I like is I am that I am mm. changes it around quite a bit. heavy oh you should see what it's like living inside my mind (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks unless the world unless the world comes up with something to distract me that's all you that's me (laughs) 
So like if we if it wasn't a beautiful thing to be a human, then we all we all could have been bad folks in past lives. Yeah. We could have been bad. It's I I uh remember reading I was still am got some of his work, a Lovecraft fan. And he wrote a short story where two men were debating about uh reincarnation and they agreed on a oh. sign they would give. And one of them dies. The other one's out there. He's working in his garden. He seals his, sees this slug of this snail going around. And he's about to kill it. And he stops because it's making a design in the dirt. Hmm. And it's a symbol they were It was a symbol they agreed on to tell them that they came back. Yeah. Who says? Who says that just being isn't enough? And that can include just being a snail in a garden. You know, which doesn't sound like that bad of a, a, a gig, to tell you the truth. No. Unless they salt. Because when you think of, like, animals and you're like, hey, you know, I really wouldn't want to be, you know, an alligator and be eating things in the water. But, like, you would like that. You would love it. It'd be food, you know. Or however, animals might not even love food. It might just be what they do to stay alive. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't have McDonald's and flavored stuff like we have, but. They would look at our McDonald's and say it's garbage food. Even we, like humans, look at McDonald's and go, that's garbage food. So you can never really get too hard on the life of whatever it may be. You know, a snake eating things, you know, coiling around. People hate snakes, you know, poor snakes. But, uh, you know, they coil, they wrap around, they squeeze, they, you know, cripple and paralyze, crush, and they eat them. You know what I mean? And it's like we look at that and go, nah. I'll take I'll, I'll take uh, B fourteen off the other menu instead of doing something like that. But who's to say? You know, just because we're accustomed to the way this lifestyle doesn't mean it's right or anything like that. You know, I guess Ray is very non-existent right now. Perfect fitting right into the theme because he popped out. I think he had a little. <laughs> I think he was having some weather issues over there. But yeah, how you, so you're getting down with this, Cindy Lou, the non-existent thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, it, it hurts my brain a little bit because as it's much a lot. It's as heavy. it becomes non-existent, it's very much existent. Yeah. Um, a... But I I know that um, life comes from somewhere. Yeah. And animation that that animation comes from somewhere, and where all of us are made up of the elements yeah you know and and that is 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 just just reiterates everything that's really saying you know well i would um, never go against ray ray's definitely correct no he's very very correct he's absolutely <laughs> correct i'm just question i'm just throwing questions in for amusement for to entertain the folks at home but ray's always correct and i would never go against anything ray said you know what i mean well you first you made your first mistake i'm not always correct but that's okay well, <laughs> I only said that because you were here, because you were because you were popping back in. Good, that 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 I like it better that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whatever the non-existent thing, it's it's quite a it's such a heavy topic, you know what I mean? And it's so it, it loops into itself and out of itself and goes in so many different directions, and it's definitely you know. Now the other existent the the other non-existent ideas I had. What do you guys think of that? Like, have you guys seen Coma, the film Coma? I did a long while ago. I think I'm pretty positive the theme to Coma is they put people in like 
comas, like drug-induced comas. They live in comas and everything that they think they're living is all like doctors are going, sending energy into their brain to make them feel like it. You know what I mean? So uh, something like that, you know, who's to say that, who, who's to say, hey, who's to say that we're not all just people that are in comas and this is, this is what we think reality is. And none I'm talking to you guys and, you know, I hit my head and didn't get the good, the good options of hitting my head where I got the good things. I had the bad options and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting, you know? So like in a situation like that, yeah, it's like, it would be a control thing. Cause like the coma thing would be control. But then if you were to have people coming out in a bed, not doing anything, what's the purpose of having a person? You know, if you, you know, if you're thinking big Illuminati type deals of like them, you know, keeping you asleep, it's like, then what's really the use of it? Is it a energy vampire thing where they keep you asleep and take your energy source? Who the hell knows? Could be all types of stuff. I think they're, they're keeping us asleep right now like they they're showing yeah. fluoride is calcifying our penile gland yeah. which is huge in our reality and what it is and their cia files like i mentioned earlier popping up about you know the power power of your of your brain and your ability to manifest you know what you want and i think that if everyone knew how powerful we were on an individual level because we are a one um, then that would change the world significantly and they wouldn't have so much control. So I do believe we are in a bit of a slave um, mind suppressed reality, suppressed um, reality now. Like I think it's, it's, it's 100% happening now that they're, they're making sure that we're, we're not reaching our full potential of what we can actually achieve. Now, would you I, say yeah. that that includes the use of uh, media, social platforms, and other sure. means? One hundred percent, like from TV, mind control, brainwashing, poisoning our food, giving us fluoride, which is the most toxic, <laughs> you know, Ooh, substance on the podcast. planet. But here, just we'll just like put it in your mouth and brush your teeth with it, even though there's all these other chemicals that we can use to, uh, to clean tartar off your teeth, but we need you to use this one because I believe it has multiple purposes. I think calcifying the penile gland was the first step in, um, suppressing, uh, what our realities could be. Are we all in pods somewhere? What was that movie? Gattaca? Like, are we all in pods? Like, that's kind of like, you know, projecting is, I think that was the movie, you know, I don't personally believe it's like that. I, I believe, um, the energy in our soul is able to freely run all over the universe freely. Um, but once it goes into uh, these vessels, um, I do believe in good and evil. And I believe that evil's purpose is to to just um, uh, uh, hold us back and, uh, on our full potential um, because we are a part of the divine. Um, and if, uh, if, there would there would be no nobody to be able to control us if if we were able to reach our full potential. So I I think that we're in a bit of a prison now. This this prison that in our heads is us in these goopy pods, you know, whatever. Um, I feel is is happening now in in the vessels that we're in now. But they're using chemicals, um, you know, that are proven, um, to to take over and and yeah, frequencies also. Yeah, you know, I've told um, you about my hums. Huge. They changed. They changed music in the fifties. They like oh, set yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a t- t- for the um, uh, 
dominant frequency or something like that. Mm-hmm. The um, I have a hum theory that I, that I like to I like to think that I created, uh, but I'm sure I have I haven't. Where like everybody is born into a world where there's a hum, and you get you just get used to it until you don't hear it anymore. But that little hum that you hear is something that makes you not be able to use certain parts of your brain. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, the yogis and they they do om, you know, um, mm. and that is a very powerful sound. Uh, it's the sound of the universe, um, and there's different levels to consciousness that they re- reach um, with those different vibrations. So if that's if that's what we're made out of, and that's uh, you know part of the source that you know makes us I- I- active in this reality. Um, it definitely is a way to control us, um, mm. and and those those vibrations we're just you know, uh, I was saying earlier, everybody's tired and I'm blaming 5G <laughs> because uh, those are frequencies that are running through all of us yeah. um, and they're and they're running at a more rapid rate. And I and that's going to have an effect. Um, you know, another thing with the vibrations, too, is um, if you put like sand um, out and you run a fiber, uh, run a run a vibration on it. You know, you you get in these uh, beautiful mandalas mm-hmm. um, in in sacred geometry shapes, and that again for me is proof um, that uh, that what you can't see is 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 very much there. Yeah, I have a question for you. Should we fear evil or feel sorry for it? Oh, Oh, we need it. You can't you can't have good without it. So it's like you can respect well, it and not be like it. I think you should. Would you say feel bad for it? That's kind of what we've all. You know, they in, in church that was what they did. That was taught to not fear it, but to almost feel bad for it. That 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 was our teachings. So that's feel what I was saying. Huh? As, yeah. I'm I'm talking about feeling very very sad for the evil. Like, should we? I mean, it, it, well, it's living in. Look, look at the state. What is? Look at the state it's living in. Delaware. We're we're all oh. oneness. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was good. Yeah, we're all oneness. We all have a divine nature. At one point, even evil recognized and was that, but it's lost that connection. It's living in total isolation, in anger, turned away from. And denying its its own source and its own essence, its peace, its own love. That is something that you don't condemn. That is something that you maybe pray for. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, evil would be, to go into the reincarnation deal, you would take re- evil being people that kind of messed up or, or, or you know, energy that kind of made the wrong decision. And now they're kind of regretful probably of what they did, but they almost can't show it. You know what I mean, but that parallels a little bit. I'm one. Uh, what you're talking about? I'm thinking about. Um, no, not that. It was another thought came in my head. Another thing that parallels. There are some cultures that think that when you die, if you've done something evil to people, mm. you don't immediately pass on or reincarnate. You're forced to, from the spirit world, watch the evil you did unfold and harm the people. That's my culture believes that. I believe that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I think hell is. We've talked about that a few times. Like, I think that, mm-hmm. uh, I think hell's more of a, you know, people often say that hell's not real, that just heaven's the deal. But I think that hell's more of a mental deal where if you were like a terrible person, your, your, your existence and treated, you know, really 
mess with people and ruin people's lives that like when you die, you have the burden of knowing that you were that, but you also see like people either that you, you're honest people, that honest to God, loved ones of your, yours that you love going through that situation. Or I even feel like it, it puts the emotion in you to feel what it was, what it was like to see that stuff happen. You know what I mean? I definitely vibe with that. And that's the karma thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think, one of those deals and you could almost do a little stint you know you talk about purgatory before we've talked about that and you do a little stint where you gotta kind of pay pay for your uh, deeds you know it's interesting you know the purgatory thing could just be that could be what reincarnation is and then you know good folks if you will or however enlightened would go to that heavenly place positive energy when they die if you're uh yeah, it's a, I've all, you know, I was raised in the church and we have, so whenever we talk about the no hell thing, it always blows my mind a little bit because of just what I've been raised, you know what I mean? But we've had people on the show before that take that route of like, there's no heaven. I mean, uh, hell is just something that was made up to make you, to scare you to be good type deal. There's a heaven, but there's no hell type deal. And I always assumed if there's one, there's the other, the yin and the yang. Like I think Cindy was talking about that yin and the yang earlier in the show. If there's one, there's got to be the other. And that's kind of how I look at it with the positive and the negative. Um, it's like, why is there so much bad on the earth? If there is, if there isn't that big negative ball somewhere, you know what I mean? Of energy. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? I think it comes down to choice. Um, I think choice is uh, life is manifested by choice. So um, bad and good have to exist for the ability for us to be able to choose. And in those choices, um, we create and we expand and we are. Yeah. Now, what do you guys think of the idea, like the theory of the matrix type vibe where it's like, an old like it's people but it's an old it's all on big video game type deal where you're conscious and you're awake you're awake so to speak but everything around you is kind of fake almost truman show like but no you have everybody has their own deal you know (laughs) do you have someone run do you have someone running this simulation yeah you would have to and that's another question of who would it be i think like the anunnaki would probably be like in that position for that. I think, I think that's how that goes. The Anunnaki. uh, The Anunnaki is, you know, for me, the more I look into them, the more um, I'm just more fascinated with it because a friend um, who's passed, she passed uh, almost over a decade ago, um, introduced me to um, planet Nerubu and uh, the Nerubu prophecy and planet X and unfortunately, she passed, but I was actually talking to her the other night, and I was thanking her uh, for introducing this to me because the more um, I look into, um, you know, uh, people that are, are decoding these hydroglyphics and in, in, in these um, these ancient artifacts and decoding the mystery, um, it really supports, um, you know, the idea that we do come from these, uh, you know, essential beings. Um, and, you know, part of it was, um, that they were trying to, uh, create, um, life and I, and I, it's in the British museum. There's this coil where there's a story of the mother and they, they're trying to clone 
um, you know, for the purpose of mining gold off the planet. That's why they came yeah. here. Um, and the mother, um, you know, they, it, it sounds sci-fi when I say the story, you know, that they were, uh, you know, you know, using embryos and they were using their divine essence to create humans. Um, but that's cloning now. Like yeah. that's, that's technology that we have now. So, uh, it's not so far off. And she actually, uh, put the zygote in her, um, body and she actually carried it, uh, and they called it an Adamu, A-D-A-M-U. So the more I learn about the Inaki and the, the prophecies of Nerubu and the ninth planet, um, the more I uh, can correlate it to stories in the Bible and other, um, you know, civilizations all over, all over the world, um, that they do have this solid story that there is a period of time that gets wiped out. I'm not really sure I'm not there yet, but um, it is astounding how many of the stories, um, you know, that are found in the Bible um, or, you know, in the Torah um, are, uh, you know, directly reflected in, in the stories of the Nerubi uh, prophecies in the Anunnaki. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. We'll dive into that sometime. Because that's always super interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I found out, I heard about them for the maybe, probably like yeah, around the time you were you you, you ten, like ten years ago, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting stuff, you know. The like the gatekeepers, they're the ones I'm always saying that I heard something about um, the walking into the light thing. Is like you you don't want to walk into the light. Supposedly, if you walk into the light, that's the reset. But you almost want to hold out. If you hold out, you got to go to a lot more enlightened place or something like that. Very interesting stuff. I find it interesting that if you want to take a look at the Anunnaki and what they did coming here, and you're cloning, and they're, mo and they're using people basically, creating people for slave labor to get a shiny metal out of the earth mm -hmm. for whatever power reason then I would say that they're definitely, they may have been technologically advanced, but that was about it. And there are parallels because they're not here around anymore. And some people will say that they left, but how do we know that they weren't destroyed? That's, that's a big question there, because if you take a look at society now, it's making the same mistakes they would have made. We're cloning we may not be digging for gold, but we're strip mining the earth for chemicals to make batteries and other powerful things. So are we following the same path as the Anunnaki, but we're going to disappear from history at some point? The Anunnaki, they never intended us to uh, be a sustainable um, species. Um, they came to mine the gold for um, the stabilization of their atmosphere is one of the reasons why, um, uh, because of the amount of gold that's found here on Earth naturally. Um, so I definitely, uh, I'm not sure. I hope in my lifetime I, I stumble upon what happened to them. <laughs> um, but the, they weren't supposed to, uh, we weren't supposed to, we were supposed to be created um, to mine the gold, and then our species was to uh, end. That was it. We weren't supposed to, um, you know, have babies. So uh, this is where the idea of Jesus comes in or the son of God 
um, the story is that um, the son of God, um, the, the, those that decided to clone humans, um, you know, created a female behind his father's back um, to, and then all of a sudden now we are worshiping two gods, our God, and then the son of God, um, which created a female out of the male um, and created um, and, and here we all are now. That's what the story um, I understand says. Um, that females weren't um, supposed to exist. Um, and uh, the the god uh, Aniki, no, um, Anu, A-N-K-I, Aniki, um, the, the god uh, wanted to be a god. And so therefore um, he created the species that would worship him. But I, I, I believe that there are other beings out in, out, out in the universe besides the Anunnaki, um, cause then you get into like aliens and gray aliens and, and all the different reptilians and, and things like that. We're really getting into muddy waters as to, uh, are those the same beings? Or are they different beings? Well, there's, yeah. That's heavy shit. That's definitely some <laughs> heavy shit for real. Anunnaki is kind of like a human alien crossbreed type deal, right? And the Anunnaki's are their own beings, and then they um and and they they enslaved. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I hate to say that I'm not the greatest pronouncing, but they had a slaves um already, and and that's spelled E N K I Aniki. Okay. Um, and they were they were slaves, and the slaves revolted, and they turned back against them, and they fought back, and so the Anunnaki lost their slave labor, so they needed to replace them. Um, and that's where the idea of cloning the humans. So they uh, put together um, the organic parts of us and then they touched us with their divine. And that's why, you know, in the Bible you, you or in, in not just the Bible, but in the Anunnaki scripts, it says that we were created in the image um, of God because they actually use part of the divine. It's our spark. Um, I think that Ray, Ray made reference to earlier. It's, it's, they gave us um, the spark, which makes us. So we are, um, you know, uh, we, we, we became the new slaves. We became, yeah, we're, um, we're, we you know, like glorified scabs crossing the path. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like they're like, well, they, they, they union it up. So we got to get some new people to work for us. That's exactly what That's, happened. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness, I, yeah, because like if you know, I was gonna say if if there was if if it was supposed if we were supposed to be some hybrid of some you know higher species, I think that would be a little better. It's almost like the Anunnaki, whoever would have been a little disappointed, you know, in humanity because we can you know watch movies on these little boxes in our pocket, but we can't. We're not really helping you know not doing too much good for the for the overall world you know which is what they probably uh i guess any in the whole like ant farm vibe of humanity being something created and watched you would kind of go oh either uh we've made a we've i don't know i guess we've, we've made improvements and everything i guess you can say humanity you can't take away too much humanity is the, the little engine that could if you will you know what i mean <laughs> Um, we weren't supposed to be anything more than slaves, supposedly. And look where we're at, you know what I mean? We're living fat, <laughs> doing it big. Back to being slaves. <laughs> yeah, but we're slaves to the grind now, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's a wild deal. Wild deal. You know? I, uh, I don't knock you. We're going to have to definitely get a new. And the ninth planet, we're going to have to get a new, too. Is that where they came from? 
uh, that's where they're supposedly they live. And there's um, almost evidence out in the, um, in the outer rim uh, that there is a large force out there that is, has a big gravitational pull. So um, the ninth planet, you know, maybe 20 years ago was a sci-fi idea. Um, but now that we have um, the, you know, telescopes and the technology that we have, um, we can see bends in those lights out there. So um, I'm not, I think it's like 3000 years. It's a cycle. So um, we can ask the AI (laughs) to let us know, um, you know, in about 900 more years, a thousand more years, um, you might see them return. That's the tricky thing about AI could destroy, you know, AI could just like do it, like drop its own chemical weapon and like kill everything around it, and then would you know what I mean? There's so many yeah. different ways we could go, and then they would tell that they would write their own history book saying we killed ourselves by accident, and everybody would believe them in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? AI's scary. As I was, yeah, I was watching um, how you know the, the potential for danger is. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely evil. Recipe. You know the the idea that you know. It's one thing if you you program a computer, um, but that what happens is is in a second it can get share that information um, with a million other computers in a blink of an eye, and and uh, and that's something that we need to watch out for. And, and it's also learning. Yeah, it's also learning very quickly. And um, one of the bots that they have out there now that they're playing with, they it was, you know, when you get go to a site and it says. Uh, prove you're not a robot. Yeah. Well, that they put this thing in a web and they had it wanted to see how it would solve the problem. Oh no! Basically, what it did is it sent a message to and it got a human being to solve the images in front of them, and then it took access to the site it wanted. So they're out thinking us Craig already. How two thousand one Space Odyssey is so beyond its time. It's ridiculous. It's genius of what that what that is, and that's what it is. You know, the that's what it's about. It's about AI. It all comes down to that one moment where he t- he tells the computer to do this, and the computer says, "No, I'm not doing that." You know what I mean? And that's kind of what everything's going to boil down to is that nah, ain't got insane Shane McKay. Nah, ain't going down like that, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> one of those deals. Very creepy stuff. Yeah, AI taking over. Scary, scary. I want to know if this these Anunnaki, because they sound very much like human beings running around with their minds and their egos and not not connecting on a higher level. Mm-hmm. So the basically it's technologically one more race out there that potentially came and influenced or created over here. But what are they doing? Maybe it's Where, the, have they have they progressed? Have they grown? What have they done? Or are they locked in this fake little world and all of these little games that are people playing? But they're doing it on a planetary level instead of uh, within a family and neighbor or neighborhood. Maybe. I think that there's some people that say that, um, or there's some history or or theory behind it that um, they gave us free will. It was a gift to give us free will, and then they got to back out of it to see what we do with that (laughs) so that's the god thing too you're giving free Mm -hmm. will the problem with with they're giving us free will we already exist in a universe as part of one a living 
inter interconnected universe, the, the interbeing, so to speak, where everything is connected and a part of everything else. And you do have that consciousness. And it is not theirs to give or take. It simply is. What if uh, Anunnaki was some weird Illuminati thing in the sense of you have all these, you know, the higher up people always searching in the dark arts, trying to make connections with higher powers. And they've, you know, they've been able to figure out certain things like maybe some time travel or something to be able to go back to a time to do the trickery. You know what I mean? But it's almost like the way Ray was talking about him, I almost put him in a position, one of those things. Like when you ever, whenever you see a movie and there's like that villain who's reading through the book so they can be friends with the devil type deal and they get sucked off into hell. It's almost like, you know what I mean? And the, the days of like Merlin and stuff like that, where magic and, uh, and sorcery and wizardry and all that stuff, um, you know, spells, you know, stuff like that. You know, I wonder if it's like those people that were spiritual people looped into the dark side of spiritual stuff that had bad hearts, man, had like they were there to do some damage. And that's their purgatory. That's their in between. But they, they still have some type of spiritual power because from the get go, they were sourcing that evil before they even died. You know what I mean? So it's possible they could be something like that. Uh, disconnected from the source, unfortunately. Because all, all to get, if you're talking about someone who is looking for the ultimate power, yeah, the strange part of attaining that ultimate power, you can do it, but you have to give up yourself. You have to become en- empty. You say give then up you yourself. Give give up yourself. You yeah. become empty. The ego and the mind is gone. Then you are part of the oneness. But then everybody goes, no. Then I won't be me. But that is you, that oneness, that divine consciousness is what you are. It's not the body. It's not the name. It isn't Ray. It isn't the slippers I may be wearing or the coat. All of this that I identify myself with doesn't make any difference. If you want to reach that ultimate goal, you give it all up. Push the mind, the ego aside. You surrender, become empty and surrender to the oneness. And you're back at source. You're one integrated with it, you are the source. Hey, luckily, I'm already empty. You know what I mean? So I don't got that issue. I know Ray's been getting big into this with me lately. The, the letting go, the, the it's almost too dark. It's almost too dark. It's almost you can slide into the bleak zone a little bit easy with that. You know what I mean? But I go. I, I, I got a, la- a last thing. The uh, Anunnaki, that whole thing comes from the Assyrian, Assyrians, uh, Mesopotamia, and the Assyrians. That's correct. Yep. Okay. You go the Assyrian, um, and you both know that I use both family tree and DNA to trace. I've got DNA that comes from the region. I get a family tree that traces back to a tribal leader who was the leader who overthrew the Assyrians to bring that empire down. And the legends written about him says that he had help from the gods. Plural. Got it in my blood. Yeah. (laughs) I got to get the same 23 in me Ray has. (laughs) So this is a good, this is a great episode. And I mean, a a topic like this, you can go on for 10 years about it. 
know what I mean? And it's just so much winding roads in it and all that. And I agree with Ray as always, as always. And Cindy, of course. How could I not? You know what I mean? But uh, great discussion stuff. Great stuff. Does anybody want to say anything in closing on uh, on this deal? All right. Um, no, I was I was waiting. If, if no one else has anything, the only thing I will say is you are already what you're seeking. You're there. Just relax and let it happen. What's that? Just be easy. Is that like a don't worry thing? Is it just, you know, take life as it is type deal? Just, you know. Just be. be. Yeah. Just be. Be here in the moment. The moment's eternal. It's all you ever know. Just mm-hmm. go with that flow. More people are not than are. That's true. It's very special to be born and be alive. Because more more don't get to be born than get to be born. That's true. And that's still, that could bring us right back to the beginning with the, the born, being born. Yeah, if, if, if you're just, you know. New new soul or old soul, you know. I know that's what they say when they say someone's an old soul. They've been here. Before. Maybe we can interview some babies at the hospital. We'll just go interview. We're, I, we, we're gonna go grab a couple. Yeah. Don't tell the press. Don't tell the press. Um, <laughs> it's very interesting stuff, though, with that. And uh, I mean, I know everybody in the physicals linked, you know, through bloodline. Everybody's kind of linked through bloodlines and stuff like that, and. That the whole one consciousness thing, that's a very interesting take too, you know, with everybody. That, I, you know, that's hard to wrap the head around too sometimes. It's like if you got everybody, but they're single individuals, but they're all as one. You know, you'd think that they would be nicer to each other if they were all like in tune, you know what I mean? And that that's the only reason why I feel like the, the all, all is one t- deal is kind of like, but I do agree that yeah, we're all humanity. You know, we're all made of the same things. I do believe in the vibration stuff. You know, it's very interesting stuff. Like I said, I think we, we could we could go on for days. I'm sure there'll be this this will be brought up again because this is heavy duty stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, I agree with Ray. That's all I want to say. That's all I really want to say. That's all I want to get across. Well, this was a great episode, you two. Thank you very much for coming on, you know. Thank you. Always, thank you. Always and thank you. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. You know. So if you're all out there listening, you know, if you like this episode, go check out more of these episodes wherever you found it. We do have a Patreon at Boombastic Streaming, but we won't push that too hard on you. And uh much love to everybody in Delaware. You know, I love Delaware people more than i love anybody else in the world you know what i mean i was so you know if, if there were anybody out there listening from d baby don't be don't worry don't fret it's all good in the hood and this episode is dedicated to y'all and uh we'll catch everybody on the next episode of mostly <laughs> ghostly ghostly